and welcome to Off Limits. This is a podcast about women in football, but with a twist. I'll be chatting to different women working across multiple roles in football about their work and experiences, with some male advocates thrown in there too. There will be super open and honest conversations about the nature of being a woman working in such a historically male-dominated industry and the men who truly help women feel they belong in it. We'll be talking being the odd one out, everyday sexism, the lack of investment in the women's game and everything in between. But don't worry, it won't all be negatives. We'll also touch on the great aspects of working in this fast-paced industry and we'll be having a bit of a laugh too. Today's guest is Esme Tuttiet. Esme is a performance nutritionist and is soon to be qualified with a doctorate. Having studied at top universities such as Loughborough University and the University of Sheffield. She's currently working with the Rugby League Ireland women's team and with the men's academy at Sheffield United FC and plans to turn her practitioner focus to women's football. So thanks so much for giving me your time and agreeing to come on the podcast today, Esme. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Thanks for speaking with me. Of course. So you're a PhD student, close to becoming a doctor before you've even hit your 30s, which is pretty incredible. Can you tell us a bit about your prior studies, uh, your PhD now and how you got into this line of work? Yeah, absolutely. So I've uh, got two masters for my sins. So first of all, I did sport and exercise nutrition and this was at Loughborough. Absolutely loved it. That was coming off the back of a biomedical bachelor's. But when I was selecting all my modules and everything like that, particularly in third year, I just kept choosing nutrition after nutrition after nutrition option. I just knew it was something I loved. And then I've been sort of quite from a sporty sort of family and background growing up. So I think that's where the sport and exercise nutrition came in. And then from this sort of, I do remember once saying I'd never touch a PhD with a barge pole. (laughs) (laughs) And here we are. (laughs) <laughs> but I think I, you know, I was enjoying my master's studies. Really, I did a big research element there. So that sort of got me, oh, actually changing my mindset a little bit. And then the project, again, the title was already sort of defined by my supervisors. So I sort of applied for the project and again, just really passionate about sort of the, the line of work. So it was meant to be maybe we'll get into this later, but it was sort of exercise and nutrition interventions, like a complex intervention to try and prevent muscle loss. But it has changed quite significantly from that. But again, that's sort of how I got into the the PhD. And then the second master's came because it's sort of, that was all part of the funding involved. Lovely. And can you explain a little bit about why the PhD changed a bit? (laughs) Yeah, so it's uh, thanks to our friend COVID. So (laughs) my research was designed to be in older adults who obviously were vulnerable in gym-based settings, which closed down, uh, doing face-to-face research when we were all meant to be socially distanced. So that was the major sort of contributor to changing the focus. So I wanted to do a complex nutrition intervention. And again, it was just this is too many elements now that we're we're trying to juggle. So the exercise component moved to being remote and I used sort of resistance bands and zooms to conduct sort of that exercise. And then we kept the protein arm, but we had to drop all the extra nutrition components again, sort of for simplicity and things like that. 
Wow, not easy then, not an easy change. Yeah, definitely tricky as I say, sort of my sort of priorities and research focus and what I enjoy the most is that sort of human intervention and interaction. So it's been different, but you know, we've we've tried to adapt and do the best we can. Yeah, well that's great as everyone had to through COVID. And so you said obviously you're you love working with people. I know at the moment you're working with Sheffield United men's football team. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I've got sort of on the other side of things, linking back to the sport and exercise nutrition, I also try and get practitioner ex- experience. And again, this is something I absolutely love because as you say, sort of that people work is is sort of where my passions lie, really. So yeah, I'm currently working with Sheffield United Academy players. So this is 23s and under. So it does actually go from like nines all the way up to 23s. With the older, the under 18s and the under 23s, it's more on a one-to-one basis. So giving everyone individualized and personalized plans, depending on obviously their position, their sort of performance goals, uh, what they're working on in the gym, that kind of thing with the strength and conditioning coaches all of these and then obviously even things like their likes and dislikes or you know are they vegetarian vegan all these elements that you need to consider when working with players and then obviously in charge of sort of education as well so I'll do that with some of the younger players as well as the older players and but yeah no day is the same so I think that's why I really enjoy that kind of thing. Yeah, that sounds great. And I know you've worked before in rugby, a lot of rugby. And as you said, you're working now with the men's team. But I know you also want to go into women's football. Can you just explain what attracts you about that? And essentially kind of what's attracted you about football in general, away from other things? Yeah, so um, Sheffield, well, I worked with Rotherham and then Sheffield United is sort of my first sort of step into football. As you say, before that, I was quite more rugby based. And I do actually work with a women's team in rugby, rugby league, Ireland women's team. Again, absolutely love. I think sort of the engagement I get from the players is is so high and everyone's sort of intent listening deliver workshops and things like that to them the the questions again is sort of next level I think so that's where that's sort of my experience working with women's teams and it's definitely been like oh this is <laughs> slightly different sort of environment <laughs> Football, again, like you say, it's been part of my, I've, I've grown up with two brothers, so there's always been football on in the background, or I I think I um, have been playing Pez since I was about six um, <laughs> on the Xbox, so definitely lots of football background, really exciting, obviously, sports to get into. I also play sort of hockey growing up. So I think some of like the demands are similar in terms of like that team sport, uh, like intermittent. So I feel like my background comes in, in that on that side of things. But yeah, I think in terms of women's football, obviously the Euros has been absolutely amazing. And I was really fortunate to volunteer at Bramall Lane wow. during that, which I think sort of just fueled fueled my sort of enthusiasm there and moving forward I think it's definitely an area I'd like to get more and more involved in yeah and do you find do you find that women kind of respond differently than men I guess a lot of the places you will have been working like you said with the Irish rugby team they won't be as used to having that kind of real specialized work with them with nutrition and with do you find that you get different reactions from them or responses yeah I think you sort of touched on it there they haven't had 
a lot of this in the past. So there hasn't been maybe a nutritionist working with them before. So it almost feels like they are a bit more grateful and sort of less sort of taking it for granted. And, oh, we're here because we've been told we've got to be here or whatever, whatever it may be. So, yeah, there definitely seems that enthusiasm. And I find you know, way more questions get asked and that kind of thing. So yeah, whether that is just because it's all completely brand new, so they have more to learn, or like you say, it's like they're taking these opportunities with both hands. Yeah. Can feed into it as well. That's great. That's great. No wonder it's a nice place to go into in that sense. I guess that's the same with a lot of things when it comes to women's football and women's sport in general. There's also been a lot of calls for more research tailored specifically to female athletes. So I know uh, Dina Asher-Smith recently came out and spoke about how more funding is needed for the effects of periods on performance. And of course, Emma Hayes, who we all know as one of the leaders in women's football, she said one of my favorite quotes, which is contrary to popular belief, women are not just smaller versions of men. What are your views on this and how important do you think it is to develop in the women's game, football, but also in sport in general? Yeah, absolutely. As I said, like one of the things that I really like to focus on is that individualized one-to-one personalized approach, um, taking in all the like demands of the sport for that player and as you say when you're working with women there's more demands to consider and these definitely shouldn't be ignored so there might be rather than sort of you might even need to go on a weekly or sort of a daily way to change because again I always try and adapt depending on you know pre-season versus playing season all of these things will be different even you know day to day if it's an intense day a light day but yeah, with, with women, you definitely need to take into account all these extra sort of hormones, things like that going on, depending on where you are in your menstrual cycle could make you more or less prone to injury. But it also works on the other ways. There might be times where you can maximize those adaptations as well. So again, why not utilize that and harness that? It doesn't always need to be sort of detrimental, I think. So all, all of these things and understanding it is pivotal to being able to sort of produce the best effects, I think. That's great. I love what you said about that, that it's it doesn't oh it's not always a negative. You know, women going through their menstrual cycle, that there's there's times when actually they're they can maximize their potential from it, which is I think that's a really an empowering thing, isn't it? Uh, rather than it always being a negative, which we've kind of always been taught as women. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, and if you can get those added strength gains or whatever it might be. Again, why not we why not harness some of the things that make us unique to being women? Exactly, exactly. And of course, so this podcast, as we know, focuses predominantly on women in football and the reality of being a woman in what is essentially still a man's world. But I wanted to ask you a little bit about also being a woman in science, because obviously it's another line of work that's historically been male dominated. How is it? And, you know, how do you feel about being a woman in in science? I think from uh, like my researcher side of things, I'm not sure I was as aware of, you know, being sort of discriminated against because of a woman. Like I've I've had women supervisors, that kind of thing, sort of throughout my whole scientific career, uh, always been lectured by women. Again, I'm not sure if sort of going as I've sort of taken away from like biochemistry and those kind of things and gone into more sort of nutrition side of things, whether that's influenced sort of the, the skew of uh, males to females in in those kind of lines of work. So I think in terms of research, again, sometimes I just sort of 
get my particularly sort of PhD in that kind of thing, you're quite independent anyway. So just got to sort of get on with it and, and do my thing. In terms of the practitioner side, I would say particularly in when I've got more into football, it's been something I've become a bit more aware of. That's interesting. So more so even than rugby, you would say? Um, yeah, I I think on reflection, maybe it's just because I've been in football the most recently. So it's what's staying in my mind, like the most predominantly at the moment. Again, I just feel like the interactions in rugby are slightly different to football. I think I don't want to like do two sort of sweeping generalizations, but maybe just sort of different attitudes and things in terms of I think nutrition in particular. For example, athletics, I think it's re- quite highly regarded. Uh, I don't know if that's because it's a, a marginal gain sport and again, often you're you're sort of on your own so you have to take accountability compared to sort of team sports but I do I definitely say it's improving but sometimes I do wonder how regarded nutrition is is considered and the importance of it that's really interesting really really interesting and it's it's funny because I think it's strange with rugby I feel like the women's side of rugby isn't as visible as women's football at the moment, but actually I feel like women are more accepted in rugby uh, as a fan, as, you know, it feels like more of a family sport. I know that your family, you followed it a lot when you were younger. And as you kind of said earlier, you know, you had two brothers who watched football, but it's not thought of, a lot of people would think of football as being a sport that male fans follow, but not necessarily rugby. It's That's really interesting. Yeah, I think so. And I think obviously in rugby and things, you don't sort of have home and away ends, all of those. So it does feel like a possibly nicer environment. And I think, again, with the women's game, that experience of at the Euros, again, there was no home and away fans. Sheffield had a, a fan hub. And again, it was completely mixed and everyone was super friendly and, you know, just there for a good time. So I think that's that's interesting. But I think some of the things that I have experienced, I would say they they do sway across sort of both sports. But some of them as well, I wonder if there's a generational thing associated with them. Mm-hmm. So I might have experienced it from, you know, people that have been around for a, a while rather than sort of the younger practitioners and things like that yeah that's really interesting I think I think you make a good point there the you know the the fan base and the fans being mixed at women's football and just a nicer environment you know you would hope almost that it might encourage more women actually just female fans to follow football in general because generally I think women tend to be swayed off football because of the negative things around it especially well men's football yeah, no, absolutely. I definitely want to see more women at matches and particularly sort of women's Super League matches. I think that would be really great. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And also just just touching on your line of work in the with the positives, uh, what do you think is the best part about being in your line of work and, you know, and working within sport even as a woman? So as I say, I've loved sport since as long as I can remember. As a fan, as a player, I'm also very competitive, so I think uh, that feeds into it. So I think I've always had, you know, enthusiasm there. So just building on that and then sort of trying to utilise some of my sort of academic and research spaces into like a field that I love. It sort of 
the best of both worlds for me. So I think that a no day, sort of two days are the same. It is really dynamic, really exciting. Everything's changing. The seasons are changing. Your team, you know, your opposition's changing. You just need to constantly be adapting and reflecting and things. And I think that is ultimately what, yeah, makes it so exciting. Yeah. And you have almost, you say, about combining combining your two passions, but you've also kind of managed to combine two, as we said, of the kind of two most male-dominated industries you've managed to get. So, you know, science and then you've obviously with football, if, if with that being what you want to go into, do you ever feel nervous about the future and kind of if you were to say go into a men's team I know that you're at Sheffield at the moment with the academy but going into say a first team and do you feel that you know maybe a bit daunting because it is such a male-dominated environment yeah definitely and I've even sort of fed this back I've just had my performance review at Sheffield United and it was one of the things that I mentioned I don't think I am as sort of effective in team meetings, for example, that are predominantly, you know, there's more males there. I don't think I sort of get my messages across. I think I'm a bit more stumbly and and then it sort of comes across that almost I don't know what I'm doing compared to sort of on one-to-one or whatever. I'm like, bam, 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 bam. I know, I do know what I'm doing. So I think sometimes, yeah, it is a bit intimidating. So hopefully the more I do it, the more familiar with it I'll become and I'll, I will learn to adapt my style but yeah it's definitely something I, I am aware of again going back to why did I choose to be a doctor I won I think on reflection having that qualification I was probably aware might help you know sort of raise the glass ceiling a little bit so I think that that was a big influence in my decision to do to sort of carry on my studies that extra extra bit further because on the hope that it could be able to allow me to get those sort of higher higher jobs as well. Wow, that's amazing. That's so interesting. I guess a lot of women will feel like that as well, that in, in every, I guess in every industry, but especially any women working within, within sport and particularly within football. And it, we spoke about this off camera, about the fact that, you know, a lot of women, it's confidence for women, isn't it? And, you know, there's that saying that if, if there's a job role and a woman can do 80% of it, they won't apply for it because of the 20% they can't do. Whereas the other way around, if a man can do 20, they'll apply for it. So it's something that I think the the industry needs to work on as well. I don't think it's just women that need to work on themselves. As you said, you want to try and improve your own way of dealing with things but I also think it's it's the industry that has to to help us do that what do you think the industry the football industry could do to make just in general women feel more welcome but also especially women within your line of work yeah so I think you know allies are great the other day in a meeting I was trying to say something and obviously lots of big personalities everyone's trying to say something and I kept stumbling and not getting across and somebody just said oh sorry Esme what was that you were going to say and straight away I was like oh it's easy now for me to say it so I didn't sort of feel like I was competing with anyone and that that for me was massive other things that might be on the surface possibly considered like smaller things but I don't think I've ever had a uniform that fits me at any of the sports clubs I've worked in Again, maybe because they've all been designed for males. So I've I've turned up feeling like I've bro- borrowed my brother's, you know, football kit, <laughs> sort of flop, flopping over my hands. 
and it's hard to feel like you have authority when you know you're not even in properly fitting clothes or I've I literally have been given you know the players kit rather than the staff kit because I've worked in the academy environment and been given 12 to 13 year old clothes but then I'm in the wrong color so again it's like the players are like who's this you know why would they listen to me when it looks like I'm one of them It, it must be very like mixed messages there as well so I think all these little things, yeah, you need to make you feel included and part of the team and no no less important than everyone's role. Yeah, God, that's amazing. That kit thing is because it it's almost it's it's like a physical example of how you don't fit in. It's like the kit doesn't the, you know, your uniform doesn't fit you. So therefore, how are you meant to feel like you fit in in the environment? Yeah, and I think it, I am conscious of it as well. Like, you do feel silly, so then you're not going to be at your best if, in the back of your head, it's like, oh, I, I think I look a bit out of out of place here. Yeah, of course. And I guess, I guess you feel as well other like the visibility of other women. I know that there are, you know, for example, Bristol Rovers. They have a female physio who comes out, you know, and everyone can see. And having that visibility of women, especially for your kind of role where it's the more backroom staff, do you think that's really important as well? Oh, hundred percent. And I know I I confide in the women, you know, and go to them or ask them for advice. And again, they were the ones that advocated for getting me the right color kit. And those things. So I think there is an uh, appreciation, and especially being new in an environment, I think definitely if you can help each other, that again, that's massive, and it just gives you that sort of feeling of belonging, you know, that confidence boost. And then once you're, you know, up and running, then I think it will reflect on everything you do. And if we, yeah, we've got to do it for ourselves and then hopefully that have allies as well. No, that's so true. Well, I think that's an absolutely brilliant place to end. Thank you so much again for taking the time to chat to me, Esme. It's been such an interesting discussion. I've really enjoyed it as well. So yeah, thank you very much. That's okay. Good luck with the rest of your PhD work. And I'm sure we'll be seeing you in women's football very, very soon. Thank you. Fingers crossed. Yeah, hopefully. Thanks, Ruby. Thanks so much for listening, guys. If you or anyone you know work in an interesting role within football, or you think of any roles you'd like to hear more about, feel free to reach out and I'll see what I can do. In the meantime, please subscribe and follow the Off Limits podcast on Twitter and Instagram at offlimits underscore pod. And of course, keep listening for more great stories and interesting conversations.